thank you, Jesus, that we are here. We are at the house of the Lord. We are at the pulse. And uh, that is one of God's houses in the United States and around the world. So, and if you are watching online, you're here too. So, anyway, let's go ahead and pray. Thank you, Jesus, definitely for this day. Thank you, Jesus. You made it. You made this day special. You made this uh, unique. Uh, Lord, you have everything that we need. Uh, as we were practicing um, at Praise Team, uh, one of the phrases had something to do that you are meeting our needs. Lord, that touched my heart. I thank you that you're meeting our needs. I praise you for it, Lord. I bless you for it, Jesus. Oh, God, there's, boy, I tell you what, you, you could, uh, somebody could do a sermon on that one. I'm telling you, there's just so much in that. Thank you for getting us here today. Thank you for each and everybody listening in. Thank you, Jesus, for those in the class. And thank you, Heavenly Father, um, for the preparations that have been made. You've helped them to be made, Lord, so that we could honor you today. Jesus, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Heavenly, have you ever been in a situation where it was completely dark and you just said to yourself, you know, God, what else do you got? Because I'm surely not seeing it. What do you got? What do you got for me, God? Because it's not there. You know what the word says? The word tells me that all things are possible. The word tells me that nothing is impossible with God. So when you ask God, what do you got, God? Because I'm not seeing it. He can take that scripture and say, here's what I've got. All things are possible. Your situation's possible. And if we don't have anything else at that point in our walk with Jesus, we have that. And that is our hope. That, ours, that is our hope for today. We can stand on it. If we know nothing else, we can stand on that. And when you've known all, when you've done all that you can do, what do we do, kids? We stand. That's right, Miss Brenda. So we praise you, Jesus. We thank you. We honor you, Lord, for your word. Oh, if there's anybody that doesn't know you, Jesus, you know who they are that are they are listening in all they have to do is just ask to to walk hand in hand with you jesus i'm sorry for everything i said everything i did everything i thought lord you know it all i ask that you would forgive me for all of it and enable me to walk hand in hand with you i praise you jesus and from this day forward help me to do just that and help me to find a church where I can be discipled and taught about you and your word. In Jesus' name, we praise your holy name. Thank you. Amen. That was wonderful, honey. Thank you. I'm working on a message right now that I'm kind of excited about. It's entitled, Holding on the Rest. And what she's talking about here is 
whenever you've reached the end of your hoarded resources, and you will, you and I will, and we have at times already, his forgiveness has only begun. You say, what do you mean by forgiveness? His presence, his hope, his joy, his peace, his rest. And I look forward to sharing that sometime, maybe in the near future. In the meantime, we are uh, still working on the, the concluding this series we're on right now entitled Spirit, Soul, or Body, Pick Your Destiny. We've been trying effort, trying to make an effort to break down for you what the difference is between the mind and the heart and the body and the spirit and what happens when you get saved. So we've been doing that. We're going to continue on with that today. My name is John Sandy. My wife, Cynthia, we are the Pulse and Gasaway. And we are so glad to have you with us online. We do have a nice listening audience online uh, with this program. Uh, and um, we uh, encourage everybody that listens to this to help us out by hitting like and share on your phone. It's so simple. won't take a second. It's a form of ministry, as our pastor would say. It's like missionary work. You're sending the word out. And you're helping us. So if you would do that for us, whether you're listening live or on delay later, we check our feeds. And throughout the week, between Sundays, the feeds continue to grow and grow and grow, sometimes into the hundreds. And so we're real glad to have you all with us. But if we could get you to hit like and share, you'll never know how much that helps us. I also have a podcast entitled Growing With God. If you'd like to check it out, I have over 120 messages on there already. Thanks to the work of the Pulse and John Fowler and working with us on this. I always like to start out with a notable quotable or a notable nugget. My notable quotable for the day the Lord gave me is, don't give God credit where credit is not due. Don't give God credit where credit is not due. And what I want to do is I want to turn to Matthew 18, 18. If you want to turn with me on your phone or your device or your um, uh, your Bible itself, Matthew 18, 18, it's a familiar scripture, but very applicable here. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever, bind, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That is a powerful scripture, one that I'm not sure any of us totally really understand the nature of that scripture and how powerful it is. He says, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How is that possible? You have to have the power of the Holy Spirit. Folks, you're not going to be able to do anything without the power of the Holy Spirit. You can just lock up the door and close down the shop and put out the lunch. Because without the Holy Spirit and the power of it, we can do nothing. How do I know that? Well, it took the Holy Spirit to raise Jesus from the dead. That's pretty powerful. The Holy Spirit is not a thing. It's a person. The Holy Spirit is a person to be reverenced and respected as you do God, our Heavenly Father, and Jesus, your elder brother, the Holy Spirit. So I encourage you to not give God credit where credit is not due. Now, what do I mean by that? That means don't go, and it goes both ways. Don't give him credit where he didn't call something. If someone kills someone drunk driving, God did not cause that. He was no part of that. He has hands are completely off of that. Don't give God credit when someone dies and say, well, God must have wanted another angel in heaven. Now, I understand the logic of that because we're hurting. 
and we've lost someone very dear to us, and only God can fill that void. Have you ever prayed for someone or some situation, and you realize there's absolutely nothing you can pray that matters in yourself? I have been there many times, and so I ask God to do something supernatural. I can say I love you, I'll bring you a meal, I can do wonderful things, and these are all part of being a Christian. But do you ever get to the point where you know in your heart there's nothing you have for them that will get them through what they're doing in your flesh? And so you call upon the Lord. You ask him to do a mighty work, a supernatural work, give him control. That is when we give credit where credit is due. But don't give him credit for things he had nothing to do with. God does not cause scarring. He does not initiate, and underline that word, he does not initiate defeat to get you somewhere. Will he use it? Absolutely. The word tells us he does. And Romans 8, 28 in many scriptures tells us that he will take any situation and cause it to work together for good. doesn't say he causes things. He said he calls it to work together. He will take it. If, that's how mighty he is. If he didn't do something with our tragic errors and wrong choices and things that happened to us, we wouldn't have much hope. We have a God that picks up the pieces. Amen? We have a God that, that wants the best for those that leave the choice to him. So in our notable nugget, Something to keep in mind in, in Matthew 18, 18. Now, we've been talking about spirit, soul, and body. When we talk about the spirit, we're talking about what you have inside of you. It's supernatural. And it's something that God takes over at salvation and gives you his spirit to fill that void. And now we have the spirit of Christ, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, as I mentioned earlier. So we had the body. We had the physical flesh. And we have the mind, physical mind, literally physical mind, and heart. The mind and heart, the body, the flesh, and we have the spirit. When you are saved, you have the spirit of Christ that raised Jesus from the dead. That's pretty powerful. I love that. I cannot get enough of that. I can't think on that enough. I cannot tell you how many times that I go back to the very basics to get, the, get hope. Do you ever do that? Sometimes it's not that complicated. We make it complicated. People like to talk about exegesis and exegesis and, and pan-millennial and post-millennial. And, and, and we got all these terminologies, and they're good. We have Hebrew and Greek and the Old and New Testament. We have a lot of things to give us reference, and there's nothing wrong with any of that. But do you ever find yourself like me in situations where, you know what, this is really not all that complicated? We don't have to make it complicated to get the basics. Your salvation is very simple. Do you believe on the name Jesus Christ? As they said to the centurion, said the guard. Do you allow him to come in your heart? Do you believe that he died for your sins? Do you believe he raised on the third day? Do you believe he's in heaven interceding for you? That's not complicated, is it? He said even a wayfaring fool can understand it. Amen to that for me. It doesn't take a lot for you to obey God. Where the complication is, is getting you out of the way. And that's the body and the soul. What you want is to take this mind and replace it with the mind of Christ. 
That's why we're able to speak in a prayer language. That's why John Fowler gets these wonderful revelations on things going on in your bodies and things like that. These are the gifts of the Spirit. But you have to operate in the Spirit for that to be here. You don't just naturally, in your mind, God doesn't just take over your mind all of a sudden. You grow into that. Your spirit is whole and perfect, but it grows into here. And when it grows into here, what happens? It grows into here. You cannot have, listen to me, you cannot have a tender heart for God unless you have the mind of Christ. You can't have this first, can you, Carly? you got to have this first centered on the mind of Christ so that he can operate here. And when he does that, he tenderizes the heart. And once he does that, guess what happens next? Now you're, God, I hope you can hear me, folks. Now your five senses are not leading your flesh anymore. What do I mean by that? Well, you pray for healing and you still have pain. Your five senses says, see, it never happened. But, oh, if this is the mind of Christ and it tenderizes this heart, all of a sudden your flesh says, you know what? I don't care what it feels like. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it tastes like. I don't care how it feels or what it sounds like. My God, my God is in charge, and I give him permission. I yield myself to the Spirit of Christ in me. Now, we're going to get into those other realms of the Spirit where he wants us to operate. Why? Because he said that's where the battle is. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Your soul and your body belong to you, but your spirit belongs to God. Now, what I mean by that is you are the one that decides what you do with this body. Whether you walk to that door or walk to a car or leave the service or don't come, you will make that decision. You'll decide whether you want to go to church. You'll decide whether you want to read the Bible. You'll decide whether you want to be led by God or yourself. You'll make that decision. And your mind, heart, and body are in charge. You're in charge of that. Now the key is, are you going to submit it? Are you going to submit yourself unto the Lord? Are you going to surrender your life, lay down your life, take up your cross, and follow him? Are you going to do that? We need to know that God is waiting. Now get this. God is waiting for you and I to say, Thy will be done, not mine. He's waiting on that. Oh, I don't have these gifts. I don't have that. Or I'm just called to fold chairs or, or this or that. No, no, no. You are called as a warrior to the kingdom of God. You are called to fight battles, and you're called to intercede for others, Carlos, when they need help. But guess what? They're not, they're not where you are spiritually. They're not walking where they need to be. They may be brand new Christians or just not giving their life over. And here you step in, and you are now God's warrior. You are now the one that intercedes for those that are weaker. Unfortunately, we do the opposite. We tear down other people. Well, oh, they don't have what I have. You know, if they only had what I have, they knew what I knew. If they'd gone through what I've gone through, well, they would understand, bless their heart. You know, that's the way we start gossip in West Virginia. If you say bless their heart, you can say anything you want about it. And then you follow up with saying, Let, we need to pray for them. You know why? Did you see what they did yesterday? Well, that's what we do. 
That's, that's an ungodly spirit. That's a hellish spirit. That doesn't mean you're demon-possessed. It means that Peter, in a matter of moments, went to God saying, flesh and blood had not revealed this to you, Peter, to turn around saying, Peter, Satan, I rebuke you. Now, how does that happen? Brenda, how do you go from being God's servant and having a revelation straight from heaven, and then God look at you and goes, well, I rebuke you, devil. Have you felt that way some days? Have you felt like sometimes you got it all together and you're feeling good? Oh, you're feeling good about your walk. You know, someone complimented me. They said, oh, I can see God all over you. I'm feeling good. Then all of a sudden, we step into the flesh. And now God has to rebuke the devil working through us. Peter wasn't, wasn't demonically possessed. He wasn't saying that to Peter. He was telling Peter, you've allowed your ear to be tickled by the devil. This, remember he said to Jesus, no, Lord, that won't happen to you as far as crucifixion. No, Lord. He loved Jesus, but the flesh took over. And no matter how noble your efforts are, remember this, folks, no matter how noble your efforts are, if they are not submitted to the Spirit of Christ in you, you are going to say things that need to be rebuked. God loved Peter. God had great things. He says, over such he said, I, he said, this is what I'm going to build my kingdom on. Not Peter himself. If you go to, the, to Rome, and I've been there, and I've seen these steps to go down to supposedly Peter's tomb and, and the Vatican, they took that literally. On this, I will build my church on this rock. They weren't, God, Jesus wasn't talking about Peter in the flesh. He was talking about the, oh, folks, he was talking about the spirit in him. I will build my church because if he can get his spirit operating in you and you and you and you, if he can get his spirit operating in you, then is such the kingdom of God, this rock. That means your spirit, your life becomes a rock for Jesus. Peter had that. But then he turned right around and let Satan tickle his ear and say, no, 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 we're going to protect you, Jesus. Jesus had to rebuke that spirit. You know why? Because Jesus came to die. He came for that purpose. And nothing, he said, would keep me from it. Nothing. Not the gates of hell or anything else will keep him. Jesus chose the day he died. They didn't take his life. He gave it. He could call down 10,000 angels. He walked through the crowd because they wanted to push him off the cliff. Not time. What did Jesus say to his mother before he did the first miracle of the wine? He said, Mom, he said, it's not time. What do you mean by that? It means that I will decide everything. I will choose everything, not you. So when the devil comes against you, whenever the Lord is using you, keep in mind that Jesus has an appointed time for everything in your life. Did you know that? Do you know why I know that? Because he wants what's best for you, and you can't get it unless you put the right time with the right call. Do ne never think you can do God's will without praying about timing. Timing is essential. You can say the right thing at the right time. Ever done it? You can be at the right place at the wrong time. Ever done it? 
and wonder where God is? God's back where he last led you. I have a little saying, slow down so God can catch up with you. We get ahead of him, we get fine. Listen, one thing that always concerns me with a brand new Christian is they, ha- they rightfully are excited and enthusiastic and on fire. That's all awesome. And you're not supposed to ever lose that. Well, they've been a Christian for many years. They've just settled in. No, you backslid them, at least in areas. So when I see a new convert that's on fire for God, my first concern is, and I have shared this with a new convert recently, I said, I have a word for you. Slow down. Do not let your flesh take over your spirit. And they're, 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 it's an honest effort. Their hearts want to do the right thing. But folks, we need knowledge. We need wisdom. And when, until you get that, like uh, our pastors have really emphasized so wonderfully, you need to be mentored. Every person in this room and listening, you need an accountability partner. Pastor John's asked me to do that for him. That doesn't mean I have any authority over him. It doesn't mean that I know more than him. It's just that we need each other to make sure we don't step out of line. I need it. God only knows my wife does it all the time, Brenda, anyway. Always, well, you know, honey, I don't know. You might want to think about that. You know, she's so sweet about it. Uh, So she's my accountability partner, and I try to be for her. And we talk about things, we discuss things, we, we talk about how maybe we should change the way we look at this. Let's, let, let's get each other's different perspective on it. There's nothing wrong with that at all. You'll never walk this life alone. In review, when we sin, we must repent to be clear with God. Folks, when you, may, when you do something wrong, repent. Jesus, forgive me. You do, you're not starting from scratch all over again. You're not necessarily needing to get resaved, but you need to be clear, right? We need to be clear with God every day. And that comes in many fashions, folks, and you'll be tested in many levels, in many ways to stay clear with God. How else is your spirit going to take charge if you're not clear with God? Communications immediately breaks down. You get discouraged. You get down, you don't think you can make it, and the devil's right there to remind you all the time that you're not going to make it. Have you ever heard that in your voice? Have you ever heard that? You're not going to make it? Boy, you did it now. God can't forgive that. Ever heard that? The devil has nothing new. Nothing new. Same bag of tricks through millennia. So what we do is we try to follow God moment by moment. Now, that's key because if we're not careful, we bite off our calling in too big a choose at a time. And when we jump in lock, stock, and barrel, we buy that property, we build that building, we go here, we go do that, we buy this, because we're zealous for God. But don't bite off your calling too big a piece at a time. One moment at a time with God. God is an on-time God. You know what that means? That he wants to work with you that minute, that moment. 
and then the next moment. Now, we don't get anxious in well-doing. We just rest in him, and I will, I will get into more of that. In review, our sin must, we must repent of our sins with God. We must be right with him so we can be sensitive to his call. Wow, sensitive. Are you sensitive? Do you feel you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit? I will tell you this. Although we're not to be led by the five senses, sometimes our five senses confirm. Underline the word confirm. Sometimes our five senses confirm that God is teaching us things. Have you ever been in a situation you look back going, you know what? I see growth in my life. I, you know what? I used to really get mad about that. I used to get offended over this. I used to desire something someone else had. And you know what? It didn't bother me. In fact, I rejoice with them. You know what? I was thinking about Jesus the other day, and I just broke and wept. Do you see the growth? This is really, really critical in what I'm sharing with you. Folks, you need to see growth in your life. It's not bragging. It's not bragging to see growth in your life. Now, if you brag about the growth, <laughs> that may be a little different. But you should see growth in your life. Look back over the last month. I want to challenge each of you. Look back over the last month and do you see any growth, any change at all? One way to see your growth is when you sense God using you more than he used to. Do you know why? Because now he can trust you more. The more he can trust you, the more he'll use you, the more you'll grow, the more confident you'll be that God is in charge. And one step leads to another. What will you do with it? What will you do with your sin? Will you repent, try to bear it, or even excuse it? What we choose to do or who we choose to serve will determine who your God is. Wow, that's powerful. <clears throat> you may think that as a Christian, God's in charge and you're worshiping him and he's first. But watch how you do things. Watch how you respond to things. Not just your actions, but your reactions. <clears throat> Watch how you respond to things. Are you disappointed? That could be good. Because that tells us where we need to grow. Where we need help. Do you hurt people? Do you say things without thinking? <clears throat> Do you overlook someone's need because it doesn't fit your schedule that day? Think about it. The common expression, let go and let God, certainly applies here. Letting go and letting God take charge. As we look in the mirror, we may see, we may ask ourselves, I don't see joy. I don't see rest. I don't see peace. But it doesn't mean that you're always going to be aware of it. There's times, folks, you're going to be in battles that it just feels like all hell has broken loose in your life. And all of a sudden you had, the, you know how they say things happen in threes? All of a sudden those three things happen, and you're going, Lord I, need, Lord, I need help. But then when it's all over, a lot of times we'll look back and realize, you know what, I handled it better than I would have a year ago. And that should encourage you because you're seeing growth. You should see growth in your life. If you're not, you need to do a reevaluation of your walk with God. You should see growth. In fact, I believe, me thinks, that if you're really sensitive to the Holy Spirit, 
You're, not, you're going to have a hard time going a single day without seeing God use you. That may be a small thing. <clears throat> Maybe picking up something when someone else dropped because you took time to stop what you were doing and recognize their need. It may be God may put something on your heart to call someone to pray with them. It could be a little thing. It could be a big thing. But whatever it is, you should see growth in your life. 1 Peter 2.24, by whose stripes you were healed. You were. God is a present God that tells us the things he's already done. Does that make sense? He's not a past God. He's, just a, he's a present God that tells you things he's already done. There's not a thing we need or ask for that has not been put in the plan. Not a thing. Finances, physical health, emotional health, encouragement, <clears throat> purpose, divine callings, gifts, they're all there. There's not a single thing that <clears throat> you will desire that he has not provided for. So he's a present God that has taken care of everything already. Sounds like a little bit of a paradox, doesn't it? <clears throat> Galatians 5, 22 through 26. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. That's a tough one, isn't it? <clears throat> Kindness, goodness. Now, folks, there's a difference between kindness and goodness. We won't get into this. But we could break this down and spend a lot of time together. <clears throat> kindness and goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. And one of the biggies, self-control. You know, folks, we love to label certain sins as greater than others. But, you know, if we're obese, that's the lack of self-control. I realize there are medical situations, and I don't want to go into that. And I'm sensitive to that, and I don't mean to sound harsh when I say that, because there are medical situations that, that, that do not apply to this. <clears throat> but generally speaking, do you ever say someone's not saved because they're large? Well, of course not. But it is one of the self-control issues. So if you're going to consider other things as being vital, consider that as well. Get on a scale. Check it out. <laughs> you have it. It's there. When you're saved, God put in you, listen to me, God put in you the fruits of the Spirit when he saved you. <clears throat> well, Lord, I don't sense any of these things in me, some less than others. It doesn't mean it's not there. <clears throat> it just means that God has not been given access to you to show them, to project them. Choose you this, choose you this day, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Do you hear what I said? Choose you this day. <clears throat> Folks, everything comes down to your choice. How deep you go with God, how much you do His will, <clears throat> how, how deeply you grow, how things manifest out of your life, the gifts, how you, when you lay hands on the sick. I know a man that's seen five people raised from the dead and confesses he does not have the gift of healing. He's seen five people raised from the dead among many miracles. And he says, I do not have the gift of healing. So sometimes we justify not operating in the spirit because we say, well, I don't have that gift. I think personally, you have access to every one of the gifts in the Bible when you need them, if you need them. 
You hear that? I believe you have access to every gift in the Bible when you need it, if you need it, <clears throat> as this man does. He operates in the Spirit, and therefore he has access to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. There are traits of a believer, a follower of Christ, that flow only out of a person who has surrendered his or her life soul and body to God, to his spirit that we choose or do not choose to take over our lives through salvation. That is the essence of what we're wrapping things up with. <clears throat> you will choose this day whether you allow the spirit of Christ to operate here, here, and here. Now, uh, is the flesh still affected by the things around us? Absolutely. Do we get bombarded up here with things that want to throw us? Absolutely. Do our hearts grow weary sometimes? <clears throat> this message that I'm working on entitled about the, uh, hanging on the rest is that, folks, sometimes you and I get battle weary. We just do. And God's looking for us to trust him so much that we have rest. Well, how's this going to work out? What happens this happens? What if this falls apart here? What if they go over here and do this? Won't they come after you? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Rest is the result of faith. I'll say it again. Rest is the result of faith. If you have faith, you will rest. To the degree you have faith, you will rest. You know why? Because you believe he's in control and he's more than able to take care of me. Remember, as we all, as creations of God, created, let me read that again. Remember, as with all creation, God created it completely with everything needed to last until he returns. We've talked about this before. There's not a single thing you need or ask for that God has not already put on the list for you to receive. We need in our spirit Christ to take control until he returns. In Acts 3, the third chapter of Acts, just as Peter and John entered the gate and saw the man lame at the gate, and we've talked about this too, he says, such as I have, I give you. Now, folks, you say, well, that was Peter. One thing you've got to get a hold of, people, and I need to get a hold of, is that God using you isn't based upon whether you were in the Bible, whether you're popular, whether other people recognize the gifts in you, or anything else. God will work, listen to me, God will work through you just like Peter, James and John and Paul, God will work through you just the same, whether you're known or people know you in a church or recognize your calling, you can operate exactly like these in the Bible because God is not a respecter of persons. He will use you just like anybody else. Now let's go back to a little scripture real quick to verify this with you just to show you how wonderfully you are made. And how awesome you are. 
God said, Jesus said that, that uh, John the Baptist was the greatest of all the prophets, right? He said he was the greatest. Then he turned right around and he said, and the least among you are greater than John. Well, when we think of the least among you, we refer to things like people that are vulnerable. That's one of the terms for least among you, people that are vulnerable. Did you hear what I just said? He said, the least among you are greater than John, and John was the greatest of all the apostles, all the disciples, prophets in the world. How do you figure that out? He's not a respecter of persons. God will do for you whatever you are willing to sacrifice and give up to walk with him, to do his will, to press into the kingdom. The more you want to do that, the more the Spirit can take over here and here and here. And God will use you to move mountains. God will use you to say the right word to the right person because you are led by the Holy Spirit, not leading the Holy Spirit. See, sometimes we don't know, but we're telling the we're telling the Holy Spirit what we're going to do that day. And you can come along if you want. That's how we live most of our days. We don't ask God what he wants that day. We don't enter his gates of thanksgiving and praise. Folks, unless you are thankful and praise him, you are not going to ever take the next step. You've got to enter. That's the beginning, folks. That's where it all starts, where you enter. So you need to enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts of prayer. If you don't have a thankful heart, how in the world do you expect him to give you something else? One reason why God won't do that is he does not want you spoiled. He doesn't want a brat in his church. He wants to lead you by the Holy Spirit. He wants the Holy Spirit to be in charge through your spirit to now walk with God. Your flesh in itself cannot walk with God, but submitted, it can now walk with God. Your heart and your mind cannot walk with God. It is an enemy of Christ because we're born in sin. But if the Spirit is in charge, now your mind and body and your heart are now, they can walk with God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Jesus, I praise you. I bless you. I praise you and I bless you. You are, you are giving us hope. Father, you're giving us a reason to get up the next day when we failed the day before. And for those listening here in the church or online or on delay, if you need a touch, if you need help, I want to tell you right now that it's yours to take if you want it. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Healing in your body. In the name of Jesus, receive it. And don't back away from it. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Stand on it in the name of Jesus. If you need saved or if you're backslidden, you're discouraged, walk into his presence again. Repent. Give him charge. Be clear with him. And start afresh today again. Start anew today. Start all over today. Submit yourself. Pray. Seek him. Press into the kingdom. Do his will and not your own. Father, we bless you for these words. We thank you for who you are. You're so awesome. You're just beyond our understanding. You're that awesome. 
We praise you for it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you. Please hit like and share. We appreciate it so much. Thank you.